chapter 1. We'll be there in just a moment. Luke chapter 1. I don't know if you heard the lyric or if you paid attention to the lyric that was just sung. Everybody praises what they love. Everybody announces what they adore. This morning as we continue in our series, Mary Devoted to God's Plan, we're going to look at our second week of of Mary's life, and we're going to look at exceptional praise. And the question this morning is not so much, do you praise, but it's what type of praise do you have? And who and what do you praise? Everybody praises what they love. Everybody announces what they adore. So what is it that captures your attention? What is it that that you talk about the most? What is it that you announce to everybody around you, what you're about or what you give yourself to? We're going to look at God's Word again today. This is going to be fun. I tell you what, I never tire of of looking at God's Word. If you get bored in God's Word, hang out with me a little bit more. We're we're reading it wrong. There is real life stuff here. And I want you to take your Bible. We're going to start out by reading the passage of Scripture. Then we're going to look for some observations, and we're going to chew on this meat together. But, but take your Bible or your phone and navigate over to Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 39 through 56 with me. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Then Mary responds in this song of sorts, this hymn of sorts. Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him. From generation to generation, He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. It's been good to be in your presence already today. We have lifted up your name. We have seen evidence of you working around us, and and we give you glory and praise, Jesus. But our hearts are hungry for more of you, and so, Lord, would you create this hunger and thirst in us to feast on your word today? Lord, we ask you not only to breathe on your word, but Lord, would you give us the boldness to move in obedience to what it is you say to us today. Amen and amen. When Mary learned of her role in God's plan, 
most likely she needed some confirmation that what she heard from the angel was actually taking place. So she traveled to where God was working, to where Elizabeth, last week we looked at the passage of scripture just before this, where God said that he was working in Elizabeth's life and she was with child in her sixth month and she was way beyond her childbearing years. So she goes to the place where God is working and she hears this confirmation from a friend who understood what it was like to have a miraculous pregnancy herself. And Mary responded to God with exceptional praise. She devoted her body and her baby, her entire self to the Lord. Mary emptied herself of her personal goals, of her own desires, and she became a vessel to be used by God. And I want us to look this morning, not only what God did in Mary's life, but what we could learn and how we could respond to God as well. Just like last week, I'm not suggesting that God's plan for you is the same as it was for Mary. That's not the case. But God has a plan for you. As unique as you are, as unique as your set of circumstances are, God has a plan for you. And we could learn from Mary's example of how to respond to God when he speaks to us, when he gives us direction in his plan. Now today, this is not so much a spiritual spanking on what we're not doing. It's an invitation to what we can be a part of in exceptional praise. You're praising something, you're ascribing worth to something, you're giving attention to something in your life. What if you would have exceptional praise to God the way Mary did? It would do something for you. Now I want to give you the end right up front. We're going to land on this. When we live out exceptional praise to God, we not only bless God, but He blesses us. We receive encouragement when we praise God. We receive strength when we praise God. We receive direction from Him when we praise God. And so it is part of the way He created us to move in this exceptional praise. Well, let's, let's dive into this passage and, and chew on it a little bit more. There's four key thoughts I want us to look at. The first is this. Exceptional praise requires preparation and action. Look back at verse 39. We just read that. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried. That kind of seems like an oxymoron to do that at the same time. Those of you who have people in your household on Sunday morning who, who struggle to get into the car on time, this is possible to get ready and hurry. Dads, I'm giving you some fodder here to work with. You, know, you, can, you can get ready and you can hurry at the same time. There was preparation and there was an immediacy that took place for Mary. See, Mary came from Nazareth, this Galilean city west of the Sea of Galilee. Her journey was somewhere between 80 and 100 miles. Luke doesn't tell us exactly how she traveled to Elizabeth's house, whether she walked or whether she went with a caravan, but the average walking pace uh, then and, and the, the average span that they would walk in a day is about 20 miles. So if Mary walked, it would take somewhere between four and five days for her to reach Elizabeth's house. If she went with a caravan riding some kind of animal with them, then it could have been cut down to maybe three days. But nonetheless, there was a journey she prepared. She was courageous to go on her own to prepare and to take action right away to find where God was working. It brings me to this thought. God not only did this for Mary, but he often calls us as well to put forth effort to get ready to go where he is working. Mary's effort was tangible. It wasn't some figment of her imagination. It wasn't some pie in the sky. She actually physically, tangibly got ready to get up and go and see what God was doing, to go where he was working. For you and I to respond with exceptional praise, we also need to prepare. 
to get ready to go and get in proximity with what God is doing. We did some of that today. Are you paying attention to what God is doing around you? Are you moving a position to get to a place where you can see what God is doing? So I ask you, I ask myself this question. What preparations have you made this week for exceptional praise? How did you prepare? Is there anything tangible that you did to get ready to be in a place to praise God? Could you possibly prepare in some of these ways? Could you take time to ask someone around you what they saw Jesus do? Could you take time this week to journal or to record or to jot down to take a record of what you've seen God do around you? What if you would intentionally put yourself in company of people who also wanted to praise God to be in a position to hear and to see what God is doing? What what if you would take a few minutes, an hour, a whole day to go on a God hunt and say, I'm going to actively look for what God is doing. I'm going to prepare to be in the place to see what he's doing. How do you prepare your heart for worship? Now, this isn't the only place that we worship. It's one of the places that we worship God. But we often think about this because we corporately come together. But how do you prepare your heart to worship? We could come in here with a heart prepared to worship, or we could come in here with a heart that is divided. We could come in with a heart that's distracted. We could come in with a heart that is is wounded, but not ready to surrender to the Lord, but bitter and, and holding out things to God. There is a preparation, a tangible getting ready to be in the place where God is doing something that requires some effort from us to say, God, I want to prepare my heart. What about preparing your body? Is there anything that you do different to prepare your body to be in a place to worship God? This sounds crazy, Brady. I I mean, what are you talking about? Well, would you change your sleep pattern? Would you go to bed a little bit earlier on Saturday night if if it's a corporate worship time on Sunday? Would you go to bed a little bit earlier so you could get up and have devotions with God in the morning? Would you stay up a little bit later to to share with God the, the great things you've seen him do that day? Would there be any preparation physically that you would do to praise God more? What about preparation for your family or for your close friends? Do you do anything making a decision as a smaller community, as a family or a network of close friends? You say, hey guys, we're going to do this together so we can be in a position to praise God. Mary made an effort. She prepared and she also took action. See, God often calls us to put things aside and to make it a priority to go where he is working. Mary not only got ready, but she pulled the trigger. She said, now is the time. I've got to start moving. I'm going to go and get in proximity to what God has been doing in Elizabeth. I want to get close enough to see it for myself. To do that, you have to say no to something else. What have you said no to this week so you can have exceptional praise of God? You're already praising something. You're already declaring what you love somewhere. But what if you would declare in an exceptional way your praise to God? It would not only bless Him, it would radically change your life. It requires some preparation. It requires action. Second, we see in this passage of Scripture, exceptional praise often involves others. As believers, we all have received or we should receive divine appointments where god will line up things for us sometimes we struggle to discern god is that you is this are you lining this divine appointment up or not sometimes we struggle with saying god i think this is what you said but i'm not sure other times we have a a confidence no this is god working in my life no i believe this is him and not always but often he affirms and confirms that in us through another person or through a situation and as we look at this exceptional praise often involving others, it would give us a different perspective on how we should relate to one another. 
We find this in verse 39 through 45. We just read this together. What we saw here was Elizabeth rejoicing with Mary. She wasn't surprised to see Mary. When Mary calls out in greeting and the sound of her voice, the Holy Spirit had filled her. And Elizabeth celebrates the amazing things that God is doing in her life. See, she was sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to see that God was doing something in Mary. Not only did Elizabeth celebrate with Mary, Elizabeth confirms that what's going on is the Lord. And she was close enough to the Lord, she was sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to to press into that, to lean into that, and to offer the encouragement as she praised God with Mary of what God was doing in her life. It leads me to this thought. When we celebrate with others what God is doing in their life, we share in the blessing of glorifying God. So when Elizabeth did this, it wasn't just to be nice to Mary, it wasn't just to be good to God, but it it brought the blessing in on her life because she entered into praising God for what he did in Mary's life. When we celebrate with others, we participate, we take part of that blessing of what God's doing. Now, there's no room for competition in this type of praise. Elizabeth, here's what she didn't do. She didn't say, Mary, well look, you have a miraculous pregnancy so do i right here i've been working on that just for that illustration mary i I too have had a miraculous pregnancy she didn't respond that way she also didn't respond with jealousy why why wasn't i chosen to be the one to carry the son of god Why, why do i get john maybe i wanted jesus no 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 she, she left at the opportunity as the Holy Spirit prepared her and prompted her, look what I am doing in your relative Mary. And she gave praise to God and she entered into that blessing with her. When we celebrate with others what God is doing in their life, we share in the blessings of what God is doing. We also see that God often calls us to receive confirmation of his work and our life from the people around us. We also see that God often calls us to give confirmation to others of his work in their life. Well, what I'm saying is this. Some of you so desperately need to have a confirmation or affirmation of what God's doing in your life. If you could get close enough to someone who would praise God with you, they could affirm that sure smells like Jesus in your life. That sure looks like God working in your life. And others, we need to recognize that God's calling us to step into that place for someone else. Do you move about your day looking for what God is doing in order to bring confirmation to someone else? Now, here's what, you, here's what we don't want to do, okay? If we're struggling with how we hear from the Holy Spirit, we'll talk more about this in the series to come, but we don't fake it till we make it. You don't need to prime the pump and make something up. God's powerful enough. He will prompt you and lead you. You don't need to do that, okay? You just be sensitive. And if you sense the Lord is saying, hey, look what I'm doing in their life, you encourage them. Say, hey, that sure looks like God, what he's doing there. That's exceptional praise. It not only blessed the Lord, not only blessed Mary, but it blessed Elizabeth as well. Third, we need a model for what this exceptional praise looks like. And Mary's account gives that to us. We find this in verse 46 through 55. We just read it together. And we find that in Luke's description of Mary leaving to see Elizabeth, it is directly following Mary's encounter with Gabriel. Luke tells us that Elizabeth was already six months pregnant when Gabriel announces this information to Mary. And she then immediately goes, she prepares and immediately goes to be with 
Elizabeth. So the first part in this responding to God, how do we respond with exceptional praise? It's this, to intentionally respond to God. Mary was very intentional in her response. She chose. It started with a choice. She didn't accidentally somehow just arrive at this exceptional praise. She chose to praise God. It didn't make sense to her. It wasn't necessarily what she wanted. She didn't wait till she had this tingly feeling of something great. She made a choice. So I ask you, friend, how are you choosing to respond to God this week? His plan for you is different than Mary's, but make no mistake about it. He has a plan for you. Are you waiting until you understand everything to give God praise? Are you waiting until you feel everything is right before you give God praise? Mary, on purpose, made a choice. God longs for us to intentionally respond to him. We next see that Mary moves into wholeheartedly magnifying God. That's a model for us. We need to wholeheartedly magnify God ourselves. Mary begins this hymn, and she has this outpouring of her heart and praise, singing, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit rejoices greatly in God my Savior. She recognizes openly and acknowledges that God has blessed her with a central role in his plan. And even though she is a young woman with no social status, she sees that God has chosen to use her, and she magnifies God and not herself. Mary chooses to lift up God, to focus on God and not herself. Giving all the glory to God. But friend, when we look at our praise, if we audit our praise to God, sometimes, if we're honest, we lift up to God more of our excitement about what He has done for us than our praise of Him. Our praise should not be, God, I praise you for doing what I want you to do. I praise you, God, you did exactly what I want. No, that's not exceptional praise. That's egotistical praise. It's to say, God, I want you to have the glory. God, I want to give you glory. I'm not going to be competitive in this praise. I'm not going to look at someone else and why did they get more blessing and I got less. And I'm not going to look at all these things. God, I'm going to give you praise. I don't understand it yet, God. Doesn't matter. I give you praise. I don't feel it yet, God. Doesn't matter. I give you praise. That's the exceptional praise that Mary walked in. This wholehearted magnification of God is followed by humbly embracing God's call. Mary refers to herself as a servant of the Lord. This idea of servant is not just one who is submissive to, but it's one who is obedient to the Lord. And this humility, embracing of God's call, it is laced with obedience. Mary not only praises God with her lips, but she moves in obedience with her heart and her actions. Exceptional praise always will lead you to surrender, to humility and obedience. If you move in praise, and it doesn't make you humble, if it doesn't call you to surrender to God, if it doesn't lead you to obedience, you're not praising God, you're praising something else. Oh, God may be mentioned in it, but it's not exceptional praise to God. You may be praising some other man or some other woman. You may be praising some institution. You may be praising your hard work. You may be praising what didn't happen to you. But God, when he gets all the glory, the more we see of God, the more we see how small we are and how big he is. And we can trust him and surrender to him. And it empowers us as he gives us boldness to move in obedience. See, praise that is passive is not exceptional praise. This is led by... 
very praising God for what he did in the past as well as in the present. It's a challenge for us to praise God's work in the past as well as in the present. In her song, Mary walks through what not only God has done for her in the present, but what he has done through all generation upon generation, through the children of Israel. She's walked through the past, the present, and it gives hope even to the future. If we're not careful, we can miss out on a huge portion of praise. Often we, we go to one side or the other. We sometimes get forgetful and we don't praise God for what he has done, not only in our past, but in the past of the people who we are following. You are part of a long line of Jesus' followers. God has not only been faithful to you, but he's been faithful to them and to their parents and to their parents and to their parents and to their parents. And and when do we take time to say, God, I want to praise you. Like, you're batting a thousand. You haven't, like, had a bad day. You're, You're not taking time off. You are faithful all the time. I'm going to praise you for what you've done in the past. Some of us need to be reminded of that. Others... Oh, we love talking about the good old days. So good what God did back when then. But we forget to praise God for what he's doing now. I had a friend press me this week. Well, why do you want me to think of what Jesus is doing in the last 24 hours? I thought about it. I chose to aggravate him. Why would you not want to praise God for what he did in the last 24 hours? And his honest response, he says, well, I don't know what he did. I said, well, then I understand. The question is not, friend, if you and I have anything to praise God for. The question is, will we take time to notice what he's doing? And and some of us need to look at the very real present right now. Jesus is moving and working around you. The book of James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. If it's truly good, it's something we can praise him for. Now, there's a lot of things that we think are good that are not really good. And and we don't want to pin that on the Holy Spirit. But have you praised God this week, this day, this morning for what he is doing right now? Well, I haven't thought about it. Well, thought about it for a little bit. Take your mind to think about it. Move in to what God is doing doing well the final model that we see from mary in this she praises god with scripture see despite mary's youth she demonstrates a mature understanding of scripture in her song her praise her hymn it is so similar to that of hannah in scripture that there's no doubt that she was aware of hannah's song the themes in Mary's hymn reflect those of Hannah's song. We find it in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Both mothers knew that their son, Samuel and Jesus, were destined for greatness. And they expressed thanksgiving to God in their song of praise. They both opened by praising God for revealing his salvation. Hannah declares, I rejoice in your salvation in 1 Samuel 2, 1. And Mary, she praises God and says, uh, she rejoices in God my Savior in Luke 1, 47. Both songs elevate God's holiness. Hannah, she exclaims, there is no one holy like you, God. And Mary rejoices, holy is his name. Each woman concludes her song with a hint of the coming salvation. And then we also see that each song talks about how God lifts up the humble, lifts up the weak, and he puts down the proud and puts down those who don't need him, not because he doesn't love them, but he's saying, fine, if you don't need me, I'll leave you to your own devices. And they, they, they end on the greatness of God from one generation to the next to the next. See, Hannah was shaped by Scripture, and in her response to God, she had a model and a pattern. So I ask you, are you using Scripture to shape your praise 
to God? Are you allowing your reading of the Bible to lead you to your own song of praise? Well, let's just stop for a minute. Have, have you read the Bible at all this week? I'm not trying to get up in your face and make you feel guilty. I'm just saying, it's good food. Read it. If you've read it and you don't like it, we're reading it wrong. Come talk with me. We want to help you dive into God's Word. It's good stuff. There is encouragement. There is strength. There is direction there for you. And when we chew on God's Word and when we respond and praise back to Him, this is a model not only from Mary but all throughout Scripture. Some of us, it's not a challenge that we don't read God's Word, but maybe more of the thumb on our back should be is, how much of God's Word do you actually need to read before you have your own song of praise? See, this is not just a book of the Bible. It's not a book of exceptions. God did it once, one time, never again. It's a book of examples of what He has done and what He will continue to do over and over again in our life. Will we give exceptional praise to Him? And the final thought is this. The fourth, exceptional praise lingers in the work of God. If we look at verse verse 56 there, seems to be a simple sentence, but I think the Lord has something for us. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Admittedly, there's some cultural historical distance between us and Mary's culture. So what may seem strange to us is not so strange for the day. While it took her somewhere between three and five days to get to Elizabeth's house, she did choose to stay longer. Did Mary choose to stay to help out? Maybe. Did she choose to stay to be with family? Maybe. But I also believe that it had something to do with her desire to linger in the presence where God was working, where God had just affirmed her through Elizabeth, where she could see it with flesh on somebody who also was experiencing the great things of God. She chose to hang out there for a while. And I think God may be calling us in exceptional praise to linger in the place where he is working. So I challenge you, myself, Take time to be in God's presence. Exceptional praise will lead you to want to be in His presence more and more. Remember, it's not a question if you're praising. You're you're telling everybody what you love. You're praising something. But if you'd move into exceptional praise, it would not only bless God and those around you, you would benefit from it. You would be encouraged. You'd be strengthened. You'd have direction in your life. And it's going to take time to press into His presence. And finally, we need to wait on Him. Learning to wait on God brings this encouragement, this strength, in this direction. When was the last time you just chose to sit and be quiet and wait on God? Or you or am I so in a hurry that we give God five minutes before work. If you didn't speak then, God, well, you missed it. I, I give you an hour, 15, hour and 20 minutes on Sunday morning. If you didn't speak to me there, you missed it. What would it be like for us to have exceptional praise and to just linger? God, you've been doing something here. I've I've been sensing you're working. I want to hang out with the people that you're speaking to. I want to hang out in your presence. I want more of you, God. Why? So we can be on God's favorite list? That's not what's happening here. God knew that Mary needed this confirmation from Elizabeth. Mary responded, erupting in praise to the Lord, not because she was perfect. Mary sinned. The only sinless person on this earth was Jesus. But because she recognized her dependence on the Lord, she needed encouragement. She needed strength. She needed direction. So she responds in exceptional praise. Well, as we come to the end of our time this morning, I 
want to reiterate what we started with. If you're sitting here feeling, well, I'm just a no-good, rotten Christian. I don't praise God enough. Then we missed it. You need to tell Satan to get off your shoulder. Yet here's what the Lord is saying. You're living in the sight of riches. But you're choosing to live in poverty. A friend of mine wrote a song. Living in the sight of water while I'm drowning in the sinking sand. What would it be like if we would recognize right at our fingertips is the wealth that we need to to get the encouragement, to get the strength, to get the direction. And it starts with intentionally making a choice. I'm going to praise you, God. I'm going to look for relationships with other people around me that I could praise God with. Church, would you stand with me? I think in a message like this, more than feeling, well, I need to get a spiritual spanking. It's more of a challenge to go sometime today and praise God for what He's doing. Now, to, to help you, we had four wonderful testimonies of what Jesus is doing in their life. We had a great video of what God's been doing in the life of kids, not just an experience of soccer and, and finding friendships here at Grace Point, but hearing the message of Jesus and being transformed by that. In the last two weeks, there's been four people who've accepted Christ for the very first time, and, and more than that, who've rededicated their life to Jesus. But that's just from my vantage point. Friend, if you would take time, you could see Jesus moving all around you. To help you in that, grab that yellow-orange piece of paper in the bulletin. If you don't have one, steal one from your neighbor. See how fast you can get it. On the back of it, there's some discussion questions. Here's what I'd like to challenge you to do as you take off today. Don't just let this be a good talk or a, oh, that's a nice sermon. But over lunch today or sometime tonight or sometime this week with your family or friends or maybe in devotional time, walk through some questions and, and begin to chew on what it is that maybe God wants to do in your life in this area of exceptional praise. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters and their great attention to your word today. Lord, we're not claiming to be Mary. We're not claiming to be anybody else other than who you created us to be. But I thank you that you not only loved Mary and had a plan for Mary, but you love each and every man and woman and child and and student in this room today. And you have a plan for their life. You are speaking. And Lord, would you help us to get close enough to you to respond on purpose in praise. You don't want our perfection, but you want our dependence on you. So we choose to say yes to you now, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen and amen. As you go, find somebody and tell them how good Jesus is in your life. God bless you. You're dismissed.